Hello, and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford, and joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, long time no talk. How are you? I'm tickety-boo, but who cares about me? How are you? Well, apparently I'm tickety-boo, um, except for the fact I've turned into a troll that lives in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> ah, self-isolation has gone well, I take it. Oh, boy. So uh, I was in a not very nice mood. I think we'll call it that because then I don't have to edit it last week. Uh, I don't go anywhere. I, I'm very careful with this thing called COVID. I'm one of the few people that has not yet resigned myself to, at some point, I too shall get this because, well, my lifestyle. I live at home. I work at home. I live in a small rural town. I live outside a small rural town and I don't see anybody. I had to go to work uh, a couple of weeks ago and that meant a drive to the coast. While I was there, I met some family. Guess what? I got a text the next morning. Oh, my, my throat wasn't feeling good and I tested and guess what I have. So of course, masks back on and uh, I came home and Cindy basically wouldn't let me in the door. Um, so I came in through the back door of my office uh, and I've been living in my office and in my camper for the last week, um, last week and a half actually. So it's been an awkward, miserable time. Uh, I've been getting my meals dropped at the bottom of my staircase that goes out to my office. Uh, so I kind of am allowed, you know, to put a mask on and go two feet into there, grab my food, and then, you know, kind of like Gollum. Oh, my precious. <laughs> and then put it back after I'm done with it. Um, but yeah, I've been stuck. I've been bored. I've not been able to do anything. I've been, I did find, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I should admit this to you, Stu. Um, I found the best uh, infinity pool ever. <laughs> which is absolutely dangerous for me, you know, cause I don't do a lot of social media anymore. Uh, Amazon shopping. Ooh. Holy jeez! When you are bored at home alone, I think I've got shipments coming in every day for the next three weeks. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, what you need for that, you need to move to Cyprus because whatever I order just appears to disappear into the ether. It's I'm, I'm literally having two disputes at the moment. One with a Canadian company, no less. I have to say. Well, at least it'll be polite. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're very politely ignoring me at the moment, but I'm hoping for a very polite mail saying, yeah, shipping. God, shipping's hard. That's what they'll probably say. Mm. Where is Cyprus anyway? Uh, well, I know how hard it is to send a letter from Canada to Cyprus. Last time it came back to me. <laughs> Gotta try that again. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get a razor blade, and that that is proving... Immensely difficult, despite me having paid 45 euros shipping, which is, hmm, yes, hmm. Um, you guys are, what, uh, banned from Gillette or something over there? <laughs> well, no, there's, um, I, as you know, I, as you do, um, listen to some podcasts, and there's a new razor doing the rounds oh. um, of podcast sponsoring. Um, and it's uh, the... The spiel, the pitch, is that this is a really nice razor and you put bog standard, very cheap, straightforward safety razors, old school safety razors in it. Uh, and they are very cheap. They are, you know, cents each. Um, but because the razor is so well made, so precision milled, uh, it gives you an absolutely fantastic shave, apparently. And uh, the company, uh, when they're not making razor blades to to sell to the mass market, they make precision aeronautical things. Mm. Oh, uh, so I thought, do you know what? That looks quite nice because um, I have I have two razors. I have the Gillette stuff. So uh, I think now we're down to about eleven razors and a vibrator. That that's kind of how they work. Excuse me. And uh, it vibrates. So that makes all the difference, Justin. Apparently. Um, there you go. See stuff I stuff I never you know. knew. Well, you have to have a new gimmick each year. It's it's a it's a law. Um, so they've I, I think it is literally now five blades. Um, 
And so that has sort of opened up the, the market for somebody to say, we've come up with an alternative, which is we just put one proper blade in instead of five not very good ones. Um, and it's, well, I've got another sort of attempt, which is a cutthroat razor. You know, one of those ones that you um, sort of unfold. Uh, think Sweeney Todd, the, the you know the the, the barber, um, and they're great, but you really do have to concentrate if you're going to use those. There is a skill to them, and one side of your face is a lot easier than the other unless you're ambidextrous. So, hmm. um, I, I I used that for a while, but got bored of sort of cutting myself. So I'm hoping this is going to be a happy medium, um, although it would appear it's never going to arrive. So. Who knows? So what did you buy from Amazon then? What what have we got coming into the Twyford house? Well, I, I figured I'd keep in with your aeronautical theme there that you just brought in that I didn't mm. know anything about until we talked about it. I bought a drone Ooh. and all of the accessories that go along with it. Okay. So this is going to be spying on the neighbors, checking out the local vineyards. Uh, something like that. I think it'll be me um, taking a look at the top of my camper because I don't want to climb up there. Uh, no, it's I, I'm off finding some beautiful places. And I thought, you know, I, I like photography. So this would be one of those things that I've thought about for a while, but uh, decided, you know, because I'm sitting at home bored watching videos on how can I actually fly this thing? I thought, okay, I'll do that. And of course, because it's me, you know, you have to go a top of the line and B all the accessories and, and, and then, you know, like, uh, I've got stuff coming, uh, you know, what's the best way to clean an RV? Well, I've got, you know, different products coming from across the world, uh, special scrubbing brushes and like, seriously stuff that I don't think I actually need, but boy, when you've got time to sit and research stuff and think, uh, Anyway, after all that, um, my COVID tests, mm -hmm. my nose no longer a virgin, by the way. My, I, I have never had a COVID test until this week. Uh -huh. um, and still no lines. So I was sitting here waiting to die for nothing. What a disappointing week. Well, consider it practice. You know, should, should you have the need, uh, you, you now have experience in how to, to self-isolate. Well done. Well done, Justin. You've given yourself your first test. I mean, it's all very exciting, really. Mm. It is. So what's new with you? Uh, well, I had some some great news and then some not great news. Um, Chicago, um, I got her passported and I got her rabies shots done, got her ready for, for her adoption. Oh, very good. And then the next day, the person adopting her said, no, I'm not adopting her. Oh, so poor girl. That, that was a bit disappointing. I think um, without getting overly technical, the dog that these people had before was was almost an identical twin for Chicago. She'd come from Cyprus. They'd um, adopted her in the UK. So, you know, that involves shipping the dog across oceans and things. So it's not cheap. Um, and they believe that the dog uh, died from dormant stroke undiagnosed leash mania. Um, now, leash mania comes from sand flies. Um, and we have sand flies here. <laughs> And it tends to be prevalent in uh, dogs who are not um, domesticated or protected, I guess. So um, all, of, all of my dogs have uh, a collar that sort of protects them against the usual fleas and ticks and also sand flies. And of course, Chicago has one of those now as well. Um, but she'd, you know, she'd been on the streets for a while. So I think they had a fear that this, this dog was going to sort of repeat the performance of, the, of their of their old dog that's what they're saying alternatively um the woman was really really keen and then mentioned to her husband that she was shipping another dog from cyprus at great expense and he went no you're not <laughs> that's the alternative i don't know um for someone like me that seems a lot more likely doesn't it, <laughs> it i mean that was my initial thought but then i am uh, like you a, <laughs> a cynical old curmudgeon so uh, so she's still with us. Um, she is, uh, from my point of view, she's getting a lot better. So the whole Benny Hill chase around the garden um, is getting shorter and shorter. She's uh, still sort of very timid and very scared of me. But rather than running around for 20 minutes and then cowering, she's going directly to the cower. 
So I can then go over to her, give her a stroke, put her on a lead and go, we're just going to go for a walk. That's the worst that's going to happen. So uh, she goes for a walk uh, with the other two uh, whenever we go, so most mornings. Um, and yeah, hopefully she's getting a little bit more comfy with humans. That's that's the plan. That's the project. Mm. Well, I, I got to say, if you followed me around with the leash, I'd probably cower and uh, pee like a racehorse as well so yeah i understand it yeah well she's uh like i said she's getting a bit better she's still she still sleeps out outside and i mean we had the mother of all thunderstorms last night um but we we, we just can't get her in she's not in dress she's like unless i can see at least four available exits there is no way that i'm going in there like, okay fair enough um so she's she's uh she's in a crate on the balcony um and yeah she seems pretty pretty comfortable there um and i'm actually watching her now out the window so her and charlie have got a friend the other side of the fence who's uh obviously some sort of stray dog has come down and so they are running up and down barking at each other um sticking their noses through holes in the gate and all sorts of nonsense do not look Stu. do not look you don't need another one four is too much <laughs> well i've just i've just seen a bold head Go, go down the street so perhaps it's not a stray perhaps it's a bat i don't know anyway um what about you what was your sort of follow-up from last week? i mean clearly from two weeks ago because you've been beside the fact that i hate traveling that's pretty much <laughs> it um no i i came home i was in a not very good mood i did not feel like talking to anybody so uh, i told Stu that we would skip a week so here you go we're back and it's cost you a fortune at amazon <laughs> on your own head beard Oh God, I, my, my, my wife, when those boxes coming in, I am going to have some explaining to do, Stu. Oh, I bought ham radios too. I don't have a ham radio license, but I bought ham radios. Like you wouldn't believe the junk that I bought. Anyway, Amazon, it's, it's like an infinity pool. Oh, let's look at this. And then three clicks later, you know, you're, oh my God, you're spending money on something you didn't know you needed. Indeed. Crazy stuff. All right, Stu, what did you do to be productive this week? Did you have a tool? Uh, yeah, my, my tool of the week um, was uh, Things 3, one that I've mentioned before. That's my sort of uh, task manager of choice. I know you're, you're uh, an omni-focus man, um, but I, I just, I've tried omni-focus a couple of times. I find it too daunting. Things 3 uh, works well for me if i make the effort so there's there's a whole sort of thing going on it's it's this is my infinity pool i am rereading getting things done um the 2015 version oh you know i was just about to ask what version yep yep so uh the the 2015 version which i haven't read before i've only read the original um and i am Oof. revisiting some some sort of courses that i did around things but most importantly i am documenting and rethinking how i use it so sort of uh gtd revisited in fact there's going to be a series of blog posts called exactly that um because i suppose my one immediate sort of discovery is you can't go half cocked at these things um you're either in or you're not and if you're if you're sort of halfway then you're effectively not and you're worse off than if you didn't do it at all i completely um, agree with that so um that's that's been a learning thing and by sort of forcing myself to write blog posts um and take notes on the book i'm i'm hoping that the learning experience will be more solid if you see what i mean yeah definitely uh, are you taking notes in um obsidian you know that way they can all link to each other and yeah i mean my note taking uh system is um the i think the world's most expensive one um but coincidentally i think it's the same as max barkey's so um i read in kindle highlight in kindle i don't usually note i, I make highlights mm. those highlights are automatically exported to readwise where i get the spaced repetition every every day um but Readwise also syncs directly with Obsidian. So all of the notes then go to Obsidian and it's there that I look at my highlights and, and make notes around those and use them to sort of, you know, start uh, blog posts, make links and all of that exciting stuff. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Nothing could break there. Nothing could break there. It's foolproof. <laughs> it's new. 
<laughs> well, there's plenty. There's plenty to bury, but you know they're all paid services, so I can just shout and bark at people, which yeah. clearly is it. Everybody has to have a hobbit, a hobbit, a hobby, and that's that's one of mine. It's all right. I was the hobbit in the basement last week, so it's all good. I understand that. Right, cool. Yeah, I think uh, exactly to your point though that if you if you aren't all in with the task manager, what you will find is that you don't check it. And if you don't check it and use it and keep things in there, it's David Allen's trusted system all over again, right? You got to have that one place that's a trusted system. But if you don't have that, two things happen. One, things don't get into it. Things three, don't get into it. Huh? Um, and two, you're going to miss something and then you're going to feel like it failed and then you'll lose the will to live uh, or at least to try anything silly like a, a task manager ever again. Until next year when you try it for, <laughs> for the annual attempt. But uh, yeah, it, it is something that really you have to get in the habit of, of um, you know, even scheduling time. First thing I do in the morning is sit down and, uh, you know, if you incorporate it in with your analog card, I think it's a good way to do that. You look at this, you review it, then you come up with your priority. Boom, you're done. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's exactly that. And what I've what I'm really focusing on now is making sure that I've got something that's resilient enough to to cope with the sort of vagaries of of the way that I live. So um, I don't come to my desk at the same same time every day, and I I do come in very different contexts. So I might come to my desk as a podcaster, I might come as a writer, um, or I might come as a compliance consultant, I might come as a stationer, and. Uh, there are sort of different routines that accompany all of those things and different mindsets that I need to have. Mm. So um, I'm predictably with me, I'm using this sort of weird hybrid system. Um, I, I've got a pro I've got an in tray. You, you know what that is. Most of the listeners are thinking a what um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's it, in the States. It's often called an inbox. In fact, you, you used to have one on your desk and Justin will remember this when he was a, a trainee, um, you had a, I used to have three. You used to have, and I never knew what the bottom yeah. one was for, but you had an in and out and you had this one that pending. collected junk. Pending. That's collected pending. junk. That anything no, that you didn't want pending. to deal with. It was I know it's in. collecting junk, but we called it pending. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I've, I have rationalized it down to two. So, cause I don't have an outbox cause I don't have people to give stuff to. So, um, uh, I've got my inbox and I've got my pending, which has little file wallets in there. Um, so if I'm in, in Nero's mode, I can get in there, pull out my Nero's thing and go, all oh, right, I wanted to look at this catalog and order these goods and boom. So, but yeah, it requires commitment. And as ever, to start with, it's great. Um, will it be sustained? Well, watch this space. Well, watch uh, StuartLandon.com because there'll be posts coming out every week about it. Well, you know what? You've got a, a veritable content machine there, so... However long the blog posts last, uh, I think you'll be using it. Yeah. It's how sticky it is after that. Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. That's, but, uh, you know, at least I'm, I'm giving myself a chance of establishing a habit. That's the way I'm thinking about it. So, so what about you? Your, your productivity tool, tool was the, the COVID test, presumably, was oh, it? Oh, God. You know, you'd think that if you are stuck in your office for, well, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for a week and a half, that you would be super productive. I wasn't. I was in a crap mood. Really, a, just a crap mood. Um, so my productivity was down. I did not feel like doing anything. What I did do, I lasted at for a whole three seconds, and then I was bored and wanting to do something else. And, and so what I wanted to kind of say is, you know, it, it is, there, there is a mood component to been product productive and you know all of the time and the the will in the world if you're not feeling it you're not going to be there so take some time for your mental health you know look at yourself and in my case i was okay with okay i'm just not going to be productive this week i'm just going to let it be i'm going to do what i want to do i'm going to you know pace around my desk i'm going to buy everything <laughs> <laughs> I got to get on Amazon until my visa screams in protest. Um, but yeah, it's just more of an observation that, you know, how, you know, putting what's, what's the old saying? You 
you can't uh, you can take a fish to water, but you can't make him drink or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I kind of butchered that, but yeah, I think a horse to water would probably that was that 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 might be the one. Uh, there you go. <laughs> it's too early in the morning. I haven't had enough coffee. Uh, no, I I seriously like was the was the fish or the horse, depending on which way you're laughing at my analogy. And uh, you you could put me in the office, but I was just not in a place to do a lot of sure. good good work. So. There you go. You know what I did do, though, Stu? Go on, tell me. I, I inked up all kinds of pens last week. <laughs> I was going to say, there must be a decent pen in the rotation now. Oh, there's three. There's three. So let's let's transition straight into there because uh, we don't want to talk about mood anymore. Uh, my first one was uh, Leonardo Memento Zero uh, Grande in uh, Primary Manipulation 1. Uh, this was, so Leonardo Memento Zeros, I'm sure everybody knows them by now. This is the slightly larger piston filler version. I don't know if you've seen those two. Uh, not in the flesh, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm aware of them. Yeah, uh, this was the first one that came out. Uh, he did the uh, limited number. I think it was 75 uh, PM1, 75 PM2. Um they were limited edition. They were rather expensive. Uh, and I picked up one of those. It's rather nice. It's uh, just a steel nib, fine. Uh, but I inked that up with Robert Oster's Muddy Crown, which is a purple. And I can't remember the last time I actually used a purple ink. And I'm rather enjoying it. It's very nice. Very good. And then because I was sitting here still bored, uh, I took a... My Visconti Homo Sapiens Bronze Age. This is the, well, it, it's it's a billy club, really, isn't it? It's uh, made from stone. Um, it's solid. It's long. It's uh, a vacuum filler. And I put diamine, Diamine's Bloody Absinthe in there. I, I'm not sure if you've ever seen that one. It's a uh, green with a sort of touch of red to it mm -hmm. uh, it is only available from a german reseller it's like a, their special color sure that's really cool so i've got that um i can tell you one thing though it is one heck of a good permanent ink because uh the tips of my fingers were sort of this greenish color for about three days <laughs> good thing good thing it didn't uh, you know change the color the the strip on the uh, test for me but there we go and then finally, because I was in the mood of, you know, some serious journaling, mostly just me complaining about being stuck in a room, um, I pulled out a Mont Blanc, the 147, with a Mont Blanc Royal Blue cartridge, which, yeah, you could just write forever with a, a Mont Blanc thick nib, and oh, it's lovely. So, yeah, I've been writing with all the inks. I killed off, like, three ink, three different pens last week. Um it was very nice too. Very, very nice to sit down and play, play inks and pull out inks that I don't normally pull out, which is the best part. Very good. How about you? Uh, what you been writing with? Well, um, I've still got my sailor going. So, um, I sailor Shikiori, the, um, the sort of light green in the, in the nice white sailor, uh, pro gear slim. And uh, I've got my pink pelican, which is not pink at all. Um, it's the M805 Blue Jeans, but it's got pink in, ink in it, it. The star ruby ink from, mm. from pelican. Uh, that's a very bright ink. It is very bright. And just the other day, I think ooh, yesterday, the day before, I inked up my Lamy 2000, which I haven't linked up for a while, with um, Lamy Obsidian. And uh, weird. Honestly, just in, very weird. I hated my Lamy 2000 when I got it. Mm. Uh, I was using it with Lamy ink, uh, a sort of green, a sort of forest green. I can't remember what it was called. Ah. It was a very rich green. There was nothing wrong with it, but it just the, the pen just did not perform. And then I put in some, um, oh, I can't remember the name, one of the big Japanese makers with the beautiful ink bottles. Um, it'll come back to me in a minute. Um, a, a very sort of nice light purple. And I put that in the Lamy and it was beautiful, gorgeous. Now, with another Lamy ink back in the 2000, it's horrible again. I just don't like the way it writes. I, uh, 
So clearly I've got an issue with Lamy ink. Although if I put the obsidian in other pens, I'm happy with it. Go figure. Mm. I, I, I don't, you know, the one pairing that you would think would work would be, you know, from the same manufacturer, but it doesn't for me. Lamy inks are on the drier side. Sure. Uh, the obsidian is actually better than some of their regular plain branded stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that that line that they came up with, with all the uh, gemstones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do find it to be a, a little bit uh, like that. You know, if flush it, Stu, it's only a little bit of ink. You've got lots more, believe me. Sure. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Flush it, put something nice in. Different coloring. You know, one of the, that's why I always come back, you know, a lot of people will kind of laugh at me because I stay a lot with the Mont Blanc inks. One mm -hmm. of the things with the Mont Blancs, they are a true performer. Um, and I love to, if I get a new pen, which I haven't lately, um, even with all my Amazon purchases, there's no new pen this week. Um, but if I do get a new pen, I tend to start with a Mont Blanc ink in it. Mm -hmm. because I know how it's going to handle. And from there, I can judge what the pen is doing. Mm -hmm. A bit like your Lamy. You know, it'll work with this and not this. What's your variable? Well, this works fine with, you know, Arashizuku, for example, but it doesn't work well with Lamy. Well, in that case, some, some combinations, you've probably got a drier Lamy 2000, um, you know, you could probably try something like stripping it apart and, uh, gapping the nib a little bit, or, you know, there's a few things you can do, even though it is a very small nib. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you want to get into dismantling it. Great, great videos on that on YouTube. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would just say dump the ink, find something that you like and enjoy, because that's the only way to really enjoy a pen. Otherwise it goes sure. on the desk and you don't use it for three years. Yeah, you're right. And I think it will be getting some Iroshizuku back in it. Um, quick, 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 quick. Um, because yeah, I'm not enjoying it at the moment. And you're right. I immediately just go, oh no, I'll I'll take the Pelican. Um, so people have been getting letters from me in bright pink of late. Um still, nice problems to have. Mm -hmm. Now, what are we supposed to be talking about today? All right, we're gonna be talking. This is episode 101. So we're gonna talk about podcasting 101. Ah, I see what you've done there. Oh, da da dum. Yeah. I, I was being clever. This was about the excitement that I came up with last week, Stu. Uh, it's time to open the kimono a little bit and show you a little inside how the sausage is made. I'm not sure those analogies work well together. <laughs> I'm going to stop with the analogies today. I'm just failing badly. Um, so we, I, we just want to talk a little bit about, you know, how do you keep a show fresh after 100 episodes, you know? Are we running out of ideas? Um is it time to change our angle or our regular sections? Kind of that question of what does the audience want to hear? <laughs> this is the part where you all write in and tell us. <laughs> yes, please do. Uh, stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. Uh, yes, they want to hear less of me making a hash of bad analogies. <laughs> Stu, what, what do you got to his thoughts on... On the, on the podcast, anything that uh, you wanted to to talk about? Well, I mean, I, I suppose the secret that we have is that we, generally speaking, just ignore um, the audience. So um, we talk about the things that we're thinking about. We, we created this, um, or I think you created this sort of format way back when, when we began, where we would just have a couple of regular items, um, which... To me is how a podcast works because I've only, I've only ever done two and this is the second one and the first one worked pretty much the same way um and then we would uh go into a topic that well the you know the clues in the name that was stationary adjacent and we allow ourselves a, a whole load of latitude there and pretty much talk about whatever we want um and often i think we're both surprised that we we're dealing with similar challenges at similar times in completely different time zones it just seems to happen that way um i don't have any access to the download numbers um i think you 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 must have it somewhere but i don't think you actually use it do you we don't no. we don't actually look at who's listening and whether listening is going up or down 
um, because you know this isn't a commercial enterprise. There's there's no need for us to run analytics or um, other than you know oh you've got to do analytics. I mean I don't run any analytics on my blog either. <laughs> I, I I write it for me more than for anything else. So um, that I think probably makes it quite straightforward. Um, I mean you've done you've done lots of different podcasts. I mean. Do you find that? Do you find that it's easier if you're not, you know, tied to some sort of performance metric? Yeah, I think part of it is what are you doing with a podcast? You know, this was an idea for me when we when we came up with it, when I came up with it, to discuss things that were of interest to me that sort of stocked stationary, you know, and I, I thought this a, a much smaller sub set of people that are going to be interested in what we're talking about the intersection of of productivity and and stationary and you know all the tools that we use hmm. um it's it's a smaller subset so i never really went into it with the idea of here's an idea that is going to become big and i'm going to uh, make stuff that is saleable and marketable and i'm going to promote the bejesus out of it and i'm going to sponsor other podcasts and really drive those numbers with the goal of well making money off this thing because we don't um yeah so you know we don't have a lot of um download numbers available to us um, if i remember i put in a tracking code that may or may not work particularly well because apple and you know all of those things uh but the actual platform i use because i don't want to incur additional costs for myself is uh yeah I, it doesn't have a great tracking uh metric mm -hmm. and i'm okay with that you know we've got a small consistent audience uh, every time I look at it, it's kind of about the same. It's not getting, it's not blowing up. We're not going to get uh, Joe Rogan offers uh, to take over the show. But you know what? I also, I feel we make a show about topics that we want to make. We're not doing SEO research to come up with topics that get the most hits and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's, that's okay. You know, I don't mind. I, I carry the cost of the show. I do the work uh, doing the audio editing, which is, it's a time con time commitment. Uh, and I don't mind doing that because, you know what, at the end of the day, this is me and Stu, two friends, chatting about stuff we're interested in. And that is the main reason to make this show. Uh, audience, yes, you guys as well. But no, Stu and I, we get to chat every week or so, depending on my mood. Um, but yeah, it's it's just nice to, to have a friend that you chat to, you know, we, we dial it in and, uh, we, we have a conversation and, you know, maybe Stu and I were completely different people, different side of the world, different economies, languages, you name it. Uh, but we go through the same stuff and, you know, as a, as a guy in my fifties, it's nice to, to have something you can talk about a lot of these things and similar thoughts and, and just explore these topics because yeah. They're, they're kind of cool to do. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, what, what did I write? You know, we, we, we don't make a charge for the show. We don't have advertisers. Um, so the stakeholders are effectively Justin and I. Um, we, <laughs> quintessentially, uh, we just please ourselves, <laughs> which is, is empowering, um, I guess. But also, I suppose, is a lack of constraint, which... Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, yeah, about that. Uh, said money, help, please. <laughs> I, I, my, my visa needs it. <laughs> um, one of the thoughts I had, one of the other shows that I did, uh, the, the show that I started with, monetizing a show. We had a Patreon uh, process, uh, and it was good. It, it covered the costs. It uh, threw a little bit of money back in my pocket. But boy, does it change the feeling of a show. Mm. No longer is it just a chat of friends. It sort of becomes a, a job because now you've got a schedule that, you know, if something happens and, you know, we don't record or I get busy and I don't get to release on, I usually release this on Tuesday. Maybe I release it on a Wednesday. 
I don't care. If you've got a Patreon though, you now have people that are putting that dedication to you in money and boy, it, it changes that I've got to do this rather than just, I want to do this and I'm going to try to do the best job I can, but it's a free job. You know, it's a, it's a hobby if anything. Uh, and it's going to get the attention that uh, I can give it when other more important things are coming up. Um, it just really changes that, you know, I, I tried to do that through my wife going through cancer and it was such a brutal obligation. Mm -hmm. It was a weight on my shoulders. And it's part of the reason that I actually just, uh, one of the reasons that I canceled that show because that extra work was, uh, incredibly burdensome mm. that, you know, even though uh, Stu and I, I don't think really have missed much of an episode of, apart from last week or when we've got travel or things like that. But the reality is that I have a choice and nobody is going to get upset because they've invested money in the show. If Stu and I decide we're going to take a break, we're going to go have a vacation, we're going to do, you know, whatever it is. And that's a big deal for me. It really does change things. Um, Stu, you, you never monetized 1857, right? No, um, we did. Uh, we produced a little bit of merch, um, which um, I sold through uh, 1857, uh, through 1857, through Nero's Notes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was never, um, you know, we're, we're not talking sort of Cotton Bureau, get to a thousand t-shirts. We, we, we had a few cassettes made oh there you go people have to go and google that um which were actually not cassettes they were um uh usb drives which had the sort of first season uh and we still i think have notebooks and pencils um that just have the brand the number um but no uh similar sort of thinking i mean tj uh was very keen not to monetize um you know it, for for all the same reasons, uh, he like you, I think had been been around the, the podcasting world a bit longer, um, and no, there was just just us talking nonsense, really. Um, I suppose the dynamic for TJ and I is different because he's about seven. Um, I mean, he may he may he may be fifteen or something now. I don't know. Um, so there's a there's a whole <laughs> sort of generational gap. Um, Stu is explaining to TJ what a cassette is. <laughs> well you know i mean terrifyingly we're both we're both old enough to be his father so oh god Stu, thank you for that <laughs> thank you Stu. i will never forgive you for that <laughs> exactly so that was slightly different and you know we still do 1850s so we just do it uh monthly now because well i mean tj's off you know building a life he's 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 not like us justin he's not just sitting in his bunker complaining he's off uh, a new career he's um he's about to start a phd well he started a phd um he's a dad for the first time i mean he's he's got stuff on hey he's got a lot more going on than we ever did i never got the dad for a first time thing with a oof. uh no i think i think it's probably conventions that were signed in sort of cities in europe to prevent that sort of thing um so no we didn't and yeah, like I say, it's a double-edged sword. So the audience here uh, is largely passive. We do have a couple of regular correspondents uh, for whom we're very, very grateful. Um, and we get, I mean, certainly I get some fantastic advice from them. Yeah, brilliant audience. But yeah, having said that we we please ourselves, you know, if, if you do have questions or things that you want us to talk about or uh, you know, deal with, or you know, by all means, email in. Um, or try and find us on so no, that's not going to work. You're not going to find us on social. Just email uh, into stationaryjason at gmail.com and, and yeah, say your piece um, or direct us somewhere you want us to go because why not? Um, delighted to talk about anything that anybody wants to listen to. You you guys are the third chair. So. Oh, that, that means I should have got dressed for them this morning then, Stu? <laughs> no, let's not know. I uh, guess for those uh, people who are very keen on watching podcasts on YouTube, no. Right, carry on, Justin. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, you the other day, actually. Depeche Mode uh, released a new album called Memento Mori. Mm. And I was thinking about that. That means that both you and I have Depeche Mode tattoos. There you go. <laughs> who knew? How's that for a little segue into nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> segue to nowhere. Well, I mean... 
Well, what else could we do we talk about? I mean, I suppose Apple comes up quite a lot, generally because it it both delights and annoys in equal measure, although more of the annoy um recently. Or whether maybe that's just me getting old, but um uh, and all the joys of, of being sort of in your fifties as a male. Um I think uh, I never knew all these feelings were coming. Uh, sort of strong dislike for well, all other people. Um, <laughs> oh, I got that one down, Stu. I, I, I am not traveling and meeting people ever again. I'm just oh. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm still trying to sort of you know be minimalist by going and buying more things. Um, I, I sort of spend lots of time thinking about productivity and then go and play golf for five hours at a time. And yeah, I'm still grappling with those those great questions of life, which are, you know, either why are dogs better than humans? Um, why is it so difficult to have a married couple using a calendar together? I mean, why should that be complicated? Um, it is. And, it, you know, it, at least four times a week, it comes up in my life where I look at a calendar and go, but that's clearly not accurate. How can that be? And then I ask my wife and she just shrugs. <laughs> Yeah, I know I'm not doing any tutoring. It's it's the Easter week, so I'm not doing any tutoring. Well, why have you left them all in the calendar? I don't know whether I'm coming or coming. Be careful of the devil you wish for there, Stuart. My wife micromanages the calendar, uh, including going back and retroactively fixing things that did or did not happen. <laughs> um, my life is full of little red bubbles that I can't figure out how to get rid of. Yeah. <sighs> It is something else too. It, it is shared calendars are, and my wife has taken it that I hope she never listens to this episode, but um, my wife has taken it that she not only is keeper of the calendar for herself, but she puts a lot of mine and Kaylee's stuff in there as well. So yeah, there's stuff coming, flying in and out and in and out. And it's, it's, it's the red bubble of death. I, but I've got to say it's the one thing that, might possibly one day get me back into paying for a calendar, something like Fantastico, is the idea of calendar sets that I can not be sort of constantly faced by by all of the problems in the other calendars in my life. That's the most diplomatic way of putting it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, mm, anyway. So yeah, we do that. That's not really stationary. It's not really productivity. It's just just frustration and being an old grump and you know where else would i be able to do that except on the internet talking to you mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's weird one of the things that i've noticed about uh podcasting uh, you know especially compared to you know i'm playing with youtube at the moment so uh you know this is a new area for me that uh you know i i know it's old hat for everybody but uh, for me it's kind of new uh well i kind of did it anyway long story i did some back in, well, what would that have been, 2010, uh, and then kind of got out of it and, uh, you know, getting back into it a little bit now. But the the medium of podcasting is quite isolated. Most people are listening to a podcast on a mobile device. There's no quick, easy way to give a thumbs up or leave a quick comment. So, you know, anybody that is listening has to sort of track us down or remember our email address and go there to send us a message or to reach out. There's, there's an extra activity involved in, in sending that. There's, there's a barrier to interaction. YouTube, for example, it's very easy when you're watching something to just leave a comment. Um, and that I think is, is interesting when you look at sort of, you know, the, the, the audience that we do have, we know there's a lot of you guys out there. Um, and I get how difficult it actually is. I was trying to think of how many times I've written into podcasts and particularly lately, not very often. Um, so it's, it's kind of a weird thing, you know, looking at that compared to, other other media out there, other social media everybody's used to, a quick like or, a, you know, an emoji or a comment. There's a lot more interaction. Hmm. Uh, what do you think about that, Stu? Um, 
Well, interaction and sort of ease of commentary is a double-edged sword. So, um, you know, there's a lot of concern about the impact that has on people in things like Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter to a certain extent, um, because the engagement is extremely shallow, isn't it? I mean, it's a sort of meaningless, or it can be a meaningless um, metric that people suddenly get very obsessed about and it can have all sorts of impacts on on mental health. I mean, very early uh, in my sort of blogging career, my blogging career, as if I'd made any money out of it, yeah, in my blogging, um, I turned off all comments hmm. because ma managing them became uh, almost a full-time job because of spam bots and, and all of that good stuff. Uh, and... Uh, the people that have something useful to say to you will find a way of saying it to you um, without be, without being able to comment on your blog. Um, and it, it's a weird thing because I had friends who were, you know, commenting on every post. I'm like, wow. I mean, I, 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 I'm delighted you're reading it. Like, well, you know, I feel bad if I don't comment. I'm like, mm, no, but <laughs> you don't need to do that. Um, and it just creates all sorts of, of requirements. Whereas, you know, if somebody, as you say, takes the time to A, remember our email address, which of course is stationaryadjacent at gmail.com, um, and then send us a note, then that's a level of engagement that I'm prepared to give my time because I'm thinking, okay, yeah, this is the real thing. Um, and uh, it's always been a really helpful and useful comment or, um, you know, some great advice too. So I quite like the limited engagement. But again, that might be <laughs> might be my inner curmudgeon, my inner troll. I think you called it coming out as well. Um, mm, yeah, mm, mm. I mean, I don't do both anymore, so I don't have any of those sort of quick likes. Whereas you, you still have the uh, the YouTube one, don't you? Oh, all right, so so let's talk Instagram for a second here, Stu. Mm -hmm. You want to laugh? Because uh, you know, I was bored at home. We've talked about that just a little bit. Um, I tried to log into Instagram the other day. They have locked my account. Don't know why. Probably because I wasn't using a proper Instagram ad or app, mm -hmm. app and they weren't able to steal all my data. Um, but anyway, they locked my account. Do you know the process that you have to go through for unlocking it? No. <laughs> they give you, they give you a code. You have to write that code on a piece of paper hold it up in front of your face, snap a selfie and send it into them to prove who you are. Cool. I don't know about you, but uh, I had two words. Uh, off was the second one of those um, <laughs> that came to my mind when I saw that and thought, you know what? Uh, no, just, just no, just no, no, no. But yeah, um, great. You want my facial recognition. Yeah, lazy burgers. Just go through my post. I'm sure I'm on there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Um, you know, first off, because, you know, I haven't been using it. I use uh, the odd time I check it is an app called Grids on my Mac, which basically doesn't allow any. Well, it's hard to comment. I can't check any messages on it. It's I could just scan to see what people are up to, which you know, once a week is about enough for me. Um, but yes, they have, they're pushing, pushing, pushing. And so I'm grumpy about it. Um, and I'm just, I'm trying to decide whether I want to go through a, is it worth the hassle? Do I want to do it out of principle or do I just want to say, ah, to hell with it. Uh, I was not in the right headspace for dealing with this last week. Of course. I can imagine. Yes. That would have been uh, not the right thing. I mean, um, what, while you were having your sock, it seemed that the universe was doling some stuff out to me as well. So. Um, what did I have? I had uh, I had a sort of growl at my tenants in the UK because um, they'd had a problem um, sort of early in the winter. The central heating stopped working, which uh, obviously in Canada that would be a, a crisis, but mm. in the UK it's still a bit of a pain. And so um, I had someone who manages the property for me, and he immediately got a plumber to go around, and he had he had a and it was one of those things. It's a tiny little valve, but to replace the valve, you have to drain down the system and blah, 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 blah. So it ends up costing you know, uh, a chunk of change. Fine. It has to be done. That's, that's just the way it is. 
And then um, literally a month later, I got a note saying that a towel rail, which is effectively a radiator, it's just a funny shaped one, mm -hmm. um, was leaking. And it had been isolated off. So, you know, there was, it was not causing any damage, but uh, they'd like to get it repaired. And then the quote for the repair, I was like, what? Uh, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's one of those jobs that you have to drain down. This is, I said, well, I, I just paid to have the system drained down and refilled. Why, you know, why didn't the, the tenant mention this, this radiator? Said, oh, they did. And the guy isolated it. Um, so that it wouldn't cause any damage and he could come back and fix it another time. <laughs> and so, Lovely. And so, and so I went to, to the guy managing the tenants. If you want. I said, well, look, what's happened here is that the tenant and the tradesman have between them agreed to spend my money uh, so that they didn't have to wait for the part. That's essentially what's happened. They've agreed just to pay double on the labor cost. Ah, Stu's got, Stu's got all the money. He's living exactly. a retirement life on the golf course in Cyprus. He can afford it. Exactly. I'm like, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that anybody is really being very fair here. You, the guy who's managing the tenancy for me, you need to be looking after my interest better than that. The tenant, come on, you know, there's a little quid pro quo here. You said you had a problem. I had a plumber there in four hours. Uh, you, you know, guys, come on, let's, let's work together on this type of thing. But it possibly didn't come out quite like that. I can be quite sarcastic when um, when I want to. And and the other one is uh, here in Cyprus, the the property. Um, it appears that I'm the proud owner of a field. Ah, yes. I've read <laughs> your uh, post on this. So um, every every time I, I speak to, to the people who are trying to fix this for me, <laughs> it gets worse. So at the moment, it looks like I'm going to have to build uh, a as the Americans would say, a sidewalk um, or a pavement in front of the house. Um, For why, pray tell? For why? Well, because you have to do that. If you turn a field into a plot and then build on the plot, you have to build a pavement in front of the house uh, or in front of the plot. Now, this, I think, has always been a sort of uh, unenforced rule because my parents left space for a sidewalk stroke pavement. So... Um, not the end of the world, apart from the fact that I now have an electric gate, which would be, well, shall we say, the depth of a pavement too deep. Hmm. So that's a little bit worrying. And I also have a, a footpath up the side of my property, which is slowly mutating from a footpath to a road in that there's a sort of... 10 things that go up and down that there's me and the dogs on foot and then everybody else in a car. Um, and I'm a little bit concerned that somebody might go, Oh, well, you'll need to build a pavement stroke sidewalk alongside that as well. Um, so there were some interesting exchanges of fire, uh, between me and the architect who slightly underestimated my knowledge, I think. And <laughs> eventually I just went back to him with a, well, I was quite pleased. It was, a, it was a very logical and calm argument that stopped short of saying, I'm not an idiot. Don't try and show yourself as an idiot by treating me as one sort of thing. Um, and he came back to me and went, oh, yeah, yeah, actually, no, that isn't. Mm. So that was good. Mm. And as, as a final one, this is what I'm, I sent out today. You'll like this. This will be right up your street. So if you just, um, in your browser, go to limeconsulting.com which is my um consultancy business i put a post up there this morning and i think you will like the subtitle it's a train yes i do all right so i have to read that for for those of you listening at home whether your firm is super, supervised by H hmrc or fca or both that light you can see is not the end of the tunnel it's a train which I, uh, I'm guessing there's been some cha regulatory changes, Stu. Well, not so much, but um, uh, consultants in any sort of trade talk to each other. We know each other. And uh, one who I haven't named in, in, the, in the article uh, called me, and he is, um, 
he has a special status. So he is an FCA expert or subject matter expert, which means the FCA, which is the Financial Conduct Authority. So, um, you know, a, a powerful body in the United Kingdom, responsible for regulating banks and stuff. Um, they, uh, they use him to go and check that people that they supervise are following the right procedures, following the handbooks, all of the whole compliancy stuff. And he said to me, he said to me, he said, look, confidentially, FCA have told me that I am going to be tasked with going to see certain sectors this year, sectors that um, I do a lot of consultation for. And he said, you know, are your guys going to be okay? And I said, yeah, I mean, the ones that, that I'm, I'm looking after, yeah, they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to be able to handle all these things. He said, because some of the ones that I've seen in the last six months, if they're lucky, they'll escape prison, Oof. but they will certainly be shut down. <laughs> and so he sort of said to me, he said, you know, can you, can you help me sort of wave a flag a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and uh, that, that was the sentence I came out with. I was delighted with it. Um, and I, already I've had people phoning me and say, well, it's not really that bad. And this is the, the difficulty of my job is that when, when I say to people, look, Everything is fine with with regulation. It's always fine until it isn't. <laughs> um, because, you know, a small business in, you know, let's say North England has never been visited by a regulator. It assumes that it never will be. <laughs> and then when the regulator turns up in the guise of one of these experts, you know, they'll say, okay, can you show me this? Um, all right, can you show me your records on that? Um can I send it to you? No, I need to see it now. Um, and then before you know it, it gets really, really horrible. But yes, hmm, hmm. I've I've had I've had an unusually stressful week for me arguing with with people who are talking nonsense, just like us talking nonsense on the internet. That's what this whole program is about, isn't it? That's it. I mean. Look, my takeaway from, from, I suppose, from this, from this, this, this thing, stationary adjacent, is that talking with you, uh, by which I mean you, the third chair, the audience, and you, Justin, uh, my partner in crime, is writing the show notes is a discipline that forces me to think sort of systematically, which is probably not something that naturally comes to me unless I'm in my anti-money laundering sort of context. Mm. Um, and I get to talk things through. So talk about um, getting things done, talk about productivity in general, talk about stationery, talk about systems, talk about, about anything and everything. And I think there's just much less opportunity to do that in the real world. I mean, you and I don't have a water cooler. This is it. Tell me about it. But that's probably a good thing, though, Stu. I'm not going to get sick from the water yeah. cooler. Yeah, that's also true. But what's your takeaway? You know, I was thinking about this and uh, like Stu, this is one of the areas in my life that I completely enjoy. Um, the reason I do this is to work out for myself what my thoughts are. You know, as uh, Stu and I have, we, I create a, a shared document. We put the topic in and I kind of jump into it two or three times over the course of a week preparing for the show when I have a thought, when I have another thought, when I see what Stu's written and we sort of iterate uh, on, on the show, we talk about things that we care about that are on our minds. And, you know, let's face it, there aren't a lot of places to do that. We also certainly keep in mind that we have to make a show that, uh, bad analogies aside, is somewhat entertaining as well, you know, that other people might be interested in. Um, and I get to talk to Stu once a week. That's great. And this is kind of why I do the show. So I was thinking about it and the value is not in the name recognition or the, the audience numbers and all of that. It's talking to my friend once a week about topics that are meaningful and hopefully that are meaningful for if they're on our minds, because more than often, more often than not, Stu and I have similar thoughts, even though we haven't discussed it prior to coming up with a topic. They're going to be on other people's minds, and hopefully 
we're making a difference for somebody else as well. Cool. All right. Well, in a reversal of roles, Justin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me, justintwyford.com. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Beyond Your Front Door. So if anybody is interested in sort of uh, what the mountains around me look like, uh, my video that will be coming out, well, it would have come out by the time this goes live. Uh, I did some footage of the drive across the mountains into Vancouver. And you could see I got snow, I got rain, I got hail, I got... Uh, a bit of everything, uh, some beautiful, uh, absolutely beautiful vistas, but they're all going to be then on the next episode. So you might want to check that out if you're curious about what my life looks like. Uh, you can email, email both of us because it hasn't been plugged enough. Stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. Stu, how about you? Where are you this week? Well, you can find me at stationaryadjacent at gmail.com or you can find me at stuartlennon.com where there's all sorts of... Uh, links to contact me but just drop me an email if you like at hello at stuartlennon.com if you want some really lovely stationery go to nerosnotes.co.uk if you're interested in anti-money laundering compliance and heavens why would you be uh go to limeconsulting.com where i try and scare people into being compliant um and well that's more than enough places to find me but yeah go on the blog because i'm talking all about my experience of getting things going again Oh, I'm, I'm going to be excited to read that. i talk about it with you because that's the way we roll. Yeah. All right. Our next topic is going to be, I think, an interesting one. If you didn't have to work, what would you do instead? Oh, this brings up so many questions and so many different answers. I think it'd be a good one. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.